Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Bite! Give me a bite. How do you do, ladies and gentlemen? This is The Riley and Kimmy Show. The Riley and Kimmy Show. And welcome to a way back Wednesday episode. It is number 1,466. We are approaching 1,500. It's almost here. Right next to me is the wacky Wednesday kind of person. Janet, I got one name. Janet. Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. 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 Hi. Hi. I am your host, Patrick Riley. I am the villain of the story. That is so true. I'm just a soul whose intentions are good. Oh, Lord, please don't let me be misunderstood. Oh, don't let me be misunderstood. Please don't. Right next to me is the person who, well, she does not misunderstand me at all. Well, it's her opportunity to do something new, and I like that she's strange. It is Kimmy. Hello, Kimmy. Hello. And are you ready to do something new on this episode? Oh, yeah. On what day's episode is this? Today is... Is... What day? Wednesday. Wednesday. Such a groovy Wednesday. Get the tie-dye shirts on and get the lava lamps powered up. It is a groovy Wednesday. Yeah. Yeah, far out. Yes, it's a groovy, 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 groovy Wednesday. That's what it is today. And welcome to the Riley and Kimmy Show. This is your first time here. We talk about pop culture thing. That's what the the entire show is about. It's about the world of nostalgia heavily and uh, and retro. We do talk about current things as well, but we really lean into the world of yesteryear. That's right. Uh, memories is what we like to also call it. And tell your friends you found a location that's a little bit different and. And, and definitely something that offers fun every single day. Escapism is what we are all about. So we can be the perfect Christmas gift for your friends, family, or people you just barely care about. Uh, just to you know, give them our website. You might you want to print it out and put it in a nice little card and say, here you go, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays. And it's priceless. That's what you tell them. A priceless <laughs> gift. You know, this is better than one of those cards that you can give for some department store or something like right. that. Yeah. Yeah. This is a lot better than, you know, something like that or some restaurant. Place no or, expiration you know. date. None. That's yeah. right. And uh, we won't sour like milk. I guarantee that. No calories. 
carbs. Th- that's correct. No carbs, too. So, you know, definitely for those who are really watching the waistline, the Riley and Kimmy show is perfect for you, right? Absolutely. Yes, Marie Osmond, be proud. If you listen to the Riley and Kimmy show, I'm sure she'd mm-hmm. be going, wow, lost so many inches right here with the Riley and Kimmy show. See what we're, we're part of, too? Yeah. Uh, even weight loss programs. And theoretically, that is true because I know it's a stretch here, but you could listen to the Riley and Kimmy show as you exercise. Sure. Or try to go to sleep. It could be that too. Just don't be listening to the Riley and Kimmy show and try to sleep while you're driving. Not recommended. I think we'd actually keep you awake and be an alternative if you're doing that long, you know, highway, byway, or commute kind of thing. So definitely a different thing for you to find of the 420 some thousand different podcasts that are available right at this moment. We definitely offer something different that is every single day. Tell your friends about us. Have them like us on social media. It will help the show grow, right, Kimmy? Help us grow. Yes. And you can find all those links right on our website at RileyandKimmy.com. Now, Kimmy, I think I found the perfect Christmas gift for maybe even me. Oh? Oh, yes. But you're going to need a little bit of coin for this gift. This gift is now on eBay. My name is... Don't tell me. Jack. No, Charlie. That's why I'm a misfit toy. My name is all wrong. No child wants to play with a Charlie in the box, so I had to come here. Well, some of the puppets that appeared in that 1964 classic Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer are for sale right now. Yes, on eBay. Whoa. Yes, they are on eBay right now. There's an asking price. Of $10 million for for them. But you can make an offer. Uh-huh. Because the owner says he realizes no one is going to pay $10 million, not even a museum, for them. Right. But you can make an offer. I'm kind of curious what the condition is of these. I'm sure there's some restorations have been involved because I remember reading because you know, stop motion animation has been a... You know, fascination of mine for a period of time. I thought those deteriorated. Um, the originals had deteriorated. Not 100% on that. I thought they, because they just sat on somebody's desk after they were used for years. Oh. They were, they were kind of, you know, I don't want to say discarded, but they weren't exactly placed in glass or something like that. So I'm not certain if these are, well, I, I don't know if they, you know, had fragments of them or if what the condition of those mm. originals were. Are these maybe some of the others deteriorated, and this is you know two. That, I know Santa, I think, is one of them that is offered for the ten million dollar price tag. We have a link to that story right through our Facebook page. And by the way, speaking of Facebook, you can find our other social media like Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and all the others, and social media links that will take you to where you can listen to us all the time. I mean, easily listen to us. Actually, it's platforms: iHeartRadio, iTunes. SoundCloud, we have those available on our website as well. And celebrity interviews we've done. What is our web address, Kimmy? RileyandKimmy.com Find archive podcasts of The Riley and Kimmy Show at RileyandKimmy.com They play nothing but rotten junk on that program. The Riley and Kimmy Show. 
That's the big question on this episode number 1,466, a Way Back Wednesday episode. Does Kimmy want to go back to the thrilling days of yesteryear? Challenge some brain cells with pop culture trivia. What say you, Kimmy? All righty. All right. I need to point out the timeline has been adjusted, meaning it's not running in chronological or linear order, or maybe it is. It could be, or maybe it's not. Feel free to shout out answers to Kevin. She believes in time travel answers. I think she's a little crazy here, but it's a wacky Wednesday, so she can get away with it. And you can yell at any device you're listening to the Riley and Kimmy show on, and it could be anything because we are mobile. We are global. We are the Riley and Kimmy show. You might call it boring, Kimmy, because it's just boring history stuff. But let's just see how well you do. It was on this date, 1879. This inventor privately demonstrated his incandescent light. This happened in New Jersey, Menlo Park, New Jersey. Can you tell me who the inventor is? Thomas Edison. You are on a roll already. The year is 1920. He was not born in America. Many people will think he was, but he was not. He was born in England, but he became an American citizen on this date in 1920. Tell me who it is. Thanks for the memory of sentimental verse. Nothing in my purse. And chuckles when the preacher said, for better or for worse. Can you tell me who that is? Bob Hope. Yes, Bob Hope. 1920 became an American citizen. Movie, film, cinema time. Kimmy, it was on this date in history. This movie had a preview for a charity event in New York City a day before its official world premiere. Multiple questions we have here. Identify the movie. Tell me one of its two prime stars. And big time bonus question. If you can answer who was the director of this classic. Here's your audio clue. Listen carefully. Oh, wait a minute there. Why my father ever started this cheap penny ante building alone, I'll never know. But just remember this, Mr. Potter, this rabble you're talking about, they do most of the working and the paying and living and dying in this community. Well, is it too much to have them work and pay and live and die in a couple of decent rooms and a bath? Anyway, my father didn't think so. People were human beings to him. But to you, a warped, frustrated old man, they're cattle. Well... In my book, Mr. Potter, he died a much richer man than you'll ever be. Can you identify that film? It's a Wonderful Life. Yes, you're correct. Now, name one of the two prime stars. Jimmy Stewart. Yes, and Donna Reed. And who was the director of It's a Wonderful Life? Frank Capra. Yes! Kimmy got all those right. Amazing. And you realize it was not really loved when it first came out. Mm-hmm. Film just was not. And some attribute that to World War II because this had a, def, you know, kind of a depressing tone to it in ways. It does have an uplifting part to it, but they claimed just because it, you know, it dealt with the death thing and, you know, pending death and depression and that people just wanted to get away from that. It was on his date, nineteen fifty. This movie premieres in New York City. Kimmy, identify the movie if you can, and please tell us who the star is. The year is 1950. Well, anyway, I was walking down along the street, and I I heard this voice saying, Good evening, Mr. Dowd. Well, I I turned around, and here was this big six-foot rabbit leaning up against a lamppost. 
I, I thought nothing of that because when you've lived in a town as long as I've lived in this one, you get used to the fact that everybody knows your name. And naturally, I went over to chat with him. And, and he said to me, he said, Ed Hickey was a little spiff this evening, or could I be mistaken? Well, of course, he was not mistaken. I think the world and all of Ed, but he was spiffed. Well, we talked like that for a while. And then, and then I said to him, I said, you have the advantage on me. You know my name, and I don't know yours. And, and right back at me, he said, what name do you like? Well, I, I didn't even have to think twice about that. What is the name of that movie, Kimmy? Harvey? Harvey's always been my favorite name. So I said to him, I said, Harvey. And, uh, and th th this is, this is the, the interesting thing about the whole thing. He said, what a coincidence. My name happens to be Harvey. Who is the star of Harvey, Kimmy? Jimmy Stewart. That's right. Have you ever seen Harvey? I have never seen that movie. All right, so it wouldn't be fair of me to ask, is it a black and white or color film? I would guess it's black and white. Yes, it is black and white. And an interesting thing in the play or in, in the, the original uh, written piece, Harvey is six foot three and a half inches tall, but uh, Jimmy Stewart's actually taller than that. So he projected in his mind, at least, that Harvey was six foot eight when he's talking to Harvey. When you see him talk to Harvey, he's looking up to Harvey. Although in the movie... Harvey is referred to six foot, three and a half inches tall. A little side note of trivia there. Hmm. Something to check out. It's fun. It's safe for all ages. That is Harvey if you have the opportunity. Now, I have not seen Harvey Rand on any of the classics. Mm -mm. I, I don't think in years. I mean, since I was a kid, I don't think so. Last time I encountered Harvey, I'm just trying to remember the last time I saw Harvey. I don't know if Harvey's being streamed or not. It was on this date, 1954. Buick Motor Company signed this star, this celebrity, to one of the largest contracts ever entered into agreement with an entertainer. Keep in mind the year, 1954. This entertainer agreed to produce 78 half-hour shows over a two-year period for over $6 million. Kimmy, identify who in 1954 got that contract, that two-year contract for Oh, a little over $6 million. Here's your audio clue. Ladies and gentlemen, we usually don't step out of character, but tonight I think it proper that uh, Mr. and Mrs. Cramden and uh, Mr. and Mrs. Norton wish everybody a Merry Christmas. Would you come in there, Norton? Can you tell me who got the, the big amount of cash, 1954? Jackie Gleason. You are a blabber! Yes, we, we probably shouldn't have told anybody that. Yeah, I got, got a large amount of cash there. That uh, was 1954 for Jackie Gleason. The year, 1962. This family act appears on NBC TV's Andy Williams show for the very first time. They would chart with a number one hit about eight years later. Tell me who it is. Don't spoil a whole bunch, 
Can you identify the recording group, Kimmy? Jackson 5? No. And I wondered if you would do that because the group, when they made their appearance, did not have the lead singer you heard there for the hit of the number one hit. That person would come in a few years later. This is somebody who was a rival to the Jackson the 5. Osmonds? Yes, that's the Osmonds. And Donnie did sound like Michael in that time period, in my opinion. Mm. I was curious if you, you would uh, do that. One Bad Apple, their number one hit, their first number one, 1970. The year is 1965. This single is released. Gimme, tell me who the recording group is. Here's your clue. Who is that, Kimmy? The Beach Boys. That's right. Was that a number one hit or not on the Billboard Hot 100? Mm, no. It was not. It almost made it. It was number two, but it was not the first time it hit the Billboard Hot 100. Somebody else had it as a hit before, the Beach Boys. If you have a sharp ear and you listen to American Graffiti, or actually watch the movie American Graffiti, you can hear it being played on radios. The first version of that song was by the Regents. And it hit number 13 on the Billboard Hot 100 in 1961. <laughs> Forgotten music trivia there. Most don't realize the song the Beach Boys did was actually a cover version that became the bigger hit than the original version. Hmm. So American Graffiti, you, you will be able to catch that one. The year is 1967. This band is formed. Identify who it is, Kimmy. Here's your audio clue. Number 11 hit from 1969. Can you tell me that hit from the 1960s, Kimmy? Who is the band formed on this date? Jethro Tull? Yes, you're right. And their other big hit from 1974. Bungle in the Jungle, Jethro Tull, 1974, number 12 hit for them. They formed on this date in history in 1967. Do you have any Jethro Tull vinyl in your collection or MP3 or digital or whatever? I do not. I'm surprised, actually. I thought you would you would dig them because you kind of like some classic hits, classic rock mm-hmm. kind of tunes. Staying in the 60s, even though briefly we went to the 70s, we're warping back to the 60s, or staying there, whatever your perspective is with this. Just then when the herd-a-gurdy man 
came singing songs of love. Then when the hurdy-gurdy man came singing songs of The year 1968. The serial killer kills Betty Lou Jensen and David Faraday in Vallejo, California. Kimmy, identify the serial killer. The year is 1968. The Zodiac. That's right, the Zodiac killer. By the way, might be a bizarre gift. You might say he's really whacked here, but most dangerous animal is available for your read and it's done by gary l stewart we've reviewed his book in the past it is a fantastic book especially if you're interested in the zodiac killer and if you've read the robert gray smith books this is a good companion piece in my opinion because i truly believe it puts all the puzzle together and you'll be able to find the true identity of the zodiac killer which just happens to be gary l stewart's father and his biological father yes his biological father the zodiac killer and can i just add that kimmy read this whole book she finished it yes which is a rarity i've given books to kimmy over the past over the course of time and they usually don't get read or much read and that's the highest uh rating that i could possibly give is that i finished the book and i liked it it's a fantastic read We have our review of it. It's available on our website. We have links to that. Also, a link to Gary L. Stewart's uh, book. And you can find it on certain, you know, book platforms we won't identify and bookstores for sure. Definitely a very interesting gift. Great read. Yes, uh, a fantastic read. Please check that out if you are looking for a great gift for somebody or for yourself. The year is 1969, Kimmy. This song reaches number one. Identify the song, then tell us who the recording group is. Taxi's waiting, he's blowing his horn. Already I'm so lonesome, I could cry. So kiss me and smile for me. Tell me that you'll wait for me. Hold me like you'll never let me go. Tell me the name of that hit. Leaving on a jet plane. I'm leaving on a jet plane. I don't know when I'll be back again. Oh, babe, I hate to go. Leaving on a jet plane becomes number one on this date on the top 40 charts. Tell me who it is. I can't think of it. It's three. Three names. Peter, Paul, and Mary? Yes, Peter, Paul, and Mary, 1969, leaving on a jet plane. The year is 1974. This person releases his Dark Horse album in Great Britain. Tell me who the recording artist is. Kimmy, here's your audio clue. Who is it, Kimmy? 1974. George Harrison. That's right. Dark Horse is on the Dark Horse album, which just happens to be on his Dark Horse label. And he also has uh, this hit. Ring out the old ring in the new. Ring out the false ring in the true. 
perfect holiday time song right here for that. Ding dong, ding dong. That's George Harrison from that Dark Horse album that was released on this date, 1974, in the United Kingdom. The year, well, matter of fact, staying in 1974, tell me the name of this movie. If you can be exact, that'd be great. It's part of a franchise. We will accept the franchise. Tell us who directed this film. And who is the star of this movie? By the way, it would win the Academy Awards Best Picture 1975. Here's your audio clue. Listen carefully. You're nothing to me now. You're not a brother. You're not a friend. I don't want to know you or what you do. I don't want to see you at the hotels. I don't want you near my house. When you see our mother, I want to know a day in advance so I won't be there. Wow, sounds like some of the rules uh, Kimmy's laid down. Uh, can you tell me, <laughs> can you tell me, Kimmy, the name of that movie exact? If you can, we will accept the franchise if you cannot give us the exact what it is, the title. Oh, it sounds so familiar. Ooh, you can't identify that movie. Is it The Godfather? It is part of the Godfather series. Which one is it? Oh, boy, I don't... Year, 1974. Godfather 2. That's correct. It is Godfather 2. Who is the director? Um, the director is someone I know. Three names. Yeah. Uh, yeah he, three names. Well, yeah. You know, he, he's got a last name, middle name he goes by, and his first name. And he did Dracula. Bram Stoker's Dracula that you liked. Wow. I'm totally blanking out. Francis? Ford Coppola. Yes, and who is the star that we had a little bit of a song clip there of? Who, who was that star? Al Pacino. That's right. Godfather 2, released on this date, 1974. You have seen that, correct? Yes. All right. It was on this date, 1975, Joe Walsh joins this group, replacing original member Bernie Leiden. Leiden had left for a solo career. <laughs> yeah. 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 I'm on my own. The wrong time to have done that. <laughs> I'm out of here. Okay. Joe Walsh joins what band, Kimmy? The Eagles. <laughs> That's right. Uh, wow. I wonder if the guy, I don't know. Moving, <laughs> <laughs> moving, moving to cinema, the year is 1991. This movie opens in the United States. Tell us the name of the movie and who the director is. Y'all got to get into your minds how the hell the spooks think. Well, they're not ordinary crooks. Think the unthinkable. Question everything. Now, we're through the looking glass here, people. White is black, and black is white. You don't believe me? All this time, you never believed me. I just want to children and live a normal life. I want my life back. Hey, I want this thing bigger than all of us. Now, how many corpses is it going to take for you lawyers to figure out what you want? People got to know. You've got to know why he was killed. Do you know what you've done to me? I'm a dead man! Well, if they can kill the president, they can certainly get me. You're a mouse fighting a gorilla. You're close. You're closer than you think. There's going to be an attempt to kill you somewhere between here and New Orleans. And I say let justice be done over heaven's fall. Can you tell me the name of that movie, Kimmy? The year is 1991. JFK? That's correct. Kevin Costner starred in that film and a slew of uh, guest stars, appearances, cameos. Donald Sutherland is fantastic in that film. I mean, just a, you know, just a great ensemble. Sissy Spacek in it. Tons, mm -hmm. tons. 
can you tell me who directed that film 1991? Oliver Stone? That's correct. Staying in 1991, this film is released. Identify the film and tell me who the star is. Here's your clue. I used to think a wedding was a simple affair. Boy and girl meet, they fall in love, they say I do. I was wrong. That's getting married. A wedding is an entirely different proposition. You fathers will understand. You have an adorable little girl who looks up to you and adores you in a way you could never have imagined. Dad, I met a man in Rome, and we're getting married. I'm sorry, what did you say? I'm engaged, I'm getting married. <laughs> right then, I realized my day had passed. Annie, it's a little nippy out. You might want to put on oh, a sweater. Oh, Dad, it's okay. I'm kind of warm. So there's a chill in the air, and you've been on a plane. Dad, I'm fine. Annie, it is kind of cold out. It is? Yeah. All right, thanks. I'll get my jacket. I was no longer the man in my little girl's life. Old Dad was history. Can you identify the movie, Kimmy? Father of the Bride? Yes, starring whom? Steve Martin. Yes. Name anybody else in that film? I cannot. Martin Short and Diane Keaton. That's 1991 that came out. I take it you've seen that film. Actually, I have not. <gasps> wow, able to identify it just by uh, Steve Martin's voice. That's, mm -hmm. fa that's fantastic. The year is 1993, and it's wedding time. This former model gets married to a businessman, future politician, Marla Maples, at the age of 30, marries this 47-year-old in 1993. Who does Marla Maples marry on this date, Kimmy? Donald Trump. That's correct, at Trump Plaza Hotel, 1993. Going to film. The year is 1996. This classic horror film is released. Identify the film and tell us one of the stars. Hello? Hello? Who is this? You tell me your name, I'll tell you mine. <laughs> I don't think so. What's that noise? Popcorn. You making popcorn? Well, I'm getting ready to watch a video. Really? What? I'll do some scary movie. You like scary movies? Uh-huh. You never told me your name. Why do you want to know my name? Because I want to know who I'm looking at. Hello? Hello, Sydney. Do you like scary movies? What's the point? They're all the same. Some stupid killer stalking some big-breasted girl who can't act. She's always running up the stairs when she should be going out the front door. It's insulting. There are certain rules that one must abide by in order to successfully survive a scary movie. Number one, you can never have sex. Never, ever, ever under any circumstances say, I'll be right back. Because you won't be back. Can you tell me the name of that 1996 horror classic? Scream. Yes, can you tell me one of the stars? Rose McGowan. Oh, boy. That is, that's really a tertiary there. I wasn't expecting and that. And Drew Barrymore. I wasn't even expecting that one. Yes, you're right. I was expecting the big one that was at uh, Spooky Empire that you had the opportunity to meet in, a few years ago. Mm -hmm. Well, Rose McGowan was at Spooky. Ah, uh, yes, but there was somebody else. Mm, Can I, you do it? Yeah, the the star was... The star. Um, Courtney um, Cox was in this film, too. Oh, okay. Um, I can't think of her name. Nev? Nev Campbell. Yes, Nev Campbell. 1996, Scream is released. The year is 2005. Actress Renee Zellweger... Annuls her marriage to this country music singer, Kimmy, citing fraud after just four months of marriage. Who does she have an, an annulment done with? 
Fraud. Fraud. That's oh. what she cites. Fraud. I don't know. It's Kenny Chesney. The year is 2005. Hmm. Staying in 2005, The Breakthrough, the seventh studio album for this person, is released. Here's a hit from 2006 from that album. Identify the recording artist. Be without you. 2006, number three hit on the Billboard Hot 100, number one on the R&B hip hop songs list on Billboard. Who is the recording artist? Give me. I don't know. Mary J. Blige from her album Breakthrough, which was released on this date, 2005. 2007, actress Valerie Bertinelli divorces this musician. Who is it? Eddie Van Halen. Had they been married more than 10 years? Yes. Had they been married more than 15 years? Yes. Had they been married more than 20 years? No. They were married 25 years. Ooh, wow. Ooh. Yes. <laughs> Celebrity and notable birthdays. Irene Dunn, born on this date, 1898. Why is she on that famous list? I don't know. An American film actress and singer of the 1930s, 1940s, and actually early 1950s, Dunn was nominated five times for the Academy Award for Best Actress for her performances in Cimarron in 1931, Theodora Goes Wild in 1936, The Awful Truth in 1937, Love Affair in 1939, and I Remember Mama from 1948. Next individual known for this TV series, Gimme, Identify It. He was born on this date, 1932. Can you tell me the name of that TV show, Kimmy? Magnum P.I.? That's correct. He played on Magnum P.I. He is not the prime star. He was a... Well, he was in, I think, every single episode show from 1980 to 1988 and actually appeared on murder she wrote as the character we will accept the character's name if you cannot tell me who he is he was born on this date 1932 relax you didn't have to endure the spectacle of her inebriated arrival or hear her rude remarks or take her orders she insists that I jog endless miles with her that I imbibe her grotesque artichoke protein concoctions what's at stake here is my sanity now see here I've taken all the verbal insults I intend to from you. Can you tell me either the character or the actor's name? I cannot. The character is Higgins. He was the person who ran the estate of Robin Masters. That's where you know, Magnum was hanging out at, driving Robin's Ferrari and stuff. The actor is John Hillerman. Born on this date in 1932, died this year just a month ago, November 9th, at the age of 84. And by the way, he he was not from Britain. The accent was totally acted. He was born in Texas hmm. and studied accents and decided to debut it on stage, and it was quite successful for him. Hmm. And check out Magnum P.I. because you might find out, or at least get the, uh, the feel that he might have actually been Robin Masters. That was a cliffhanger that was never resolved 
Right at the end of Magnum P.I., he revealed to one of Magnum's friends that he was truly Robin Masters. Hmm. Yeah, it's kind of a cool thing. But they never resolved it. Hmm. This person born 1945, Kimmy. Part of a band. Tell me the name of the band he sang lead on this hit. This number seven hit on the Billboard Hot 100. Tell me the band he's part of. Beth, I hear you calling, but I can't come home right now. Me and the boys are playing, and we just can't find the sound. Just a few more can you tell me the name of the band he's part of? Yes. And can you tell me who that is? Who actually sang lead on that song? Gene Simmons? No, it's Peter Chris who, oh. who did that, and he it's his birthday today. Staying in the world of music, this person, musician, songwriter, having his 69th birthday, had quite a few hits in the 80s on the Top 40 charts. The band, the, the group he was part of, had his name attached to it. See if you can tell me who it is. Number 15 hit, 1981. Can you identify who it is? No, I can't. Number three, 1982 might do it for you. Tell me who it is. Give me, here's your clue. Can you tell me who that is? I cannot. Amazing. Number three from 1982. And finally, charting number 15, 1984. Tell me who the birthday person is. I think Kimmy's going to be struggling on this, and it actually totally surprises me. It shows me that, well, some songs are forgotten. Can you tell me who the birthday person is, Kimmy? I cannot. That's Alan Parsons of the Alan Parsons Project. Alan Parsons having a birthday today. He is 69. I see dead people. Notable deaths, Kimmy. Celebrity and notables who passed away on this date in history. This author died 1968 at the age of 66. He wrote quite a few famous pieces. East of Eden, 1952, Of Mice and Men, 1937, and the Pulitzer Prize winning The Grapes of Wrath in 1939. Can you tell me who died on this date in 1968, Kimmy? Oh, boy. No, not oh, boy. Can you do it? I can't. It's John Steinbeck who died on this date in 1968. This person passed away 1973 of heart failure at the age of 37. Tell me who it is. 1958, he had a number three hit. Please splash, I was taking a bath. Long 
Can you tell me who it is? Bobby Darren. That's right. Bobby Darren passed away on the state at the age of 37, 1973. Tell me, Kimmy, what city this person was mayor of. He died 1976 at the age of 74, Richard J. Daly. Chicago. That's right. I thought you would know that considering you grew up in the shadows of Chicago, suburban Chicago. The year is 1996. This individual dies at the age of 62. Tell me who it is. Kimmy, here's your audio clue. There are many different kinds of galaxies of which ours might be just this one. There are, in fact, a hundred billion other galaxies, each of which contains something like a hundred billion stars. Think of how many stars and planets and kinds of life there may be in this vast and awesome universe. The original host of Cosmos, he wrote Contact, which would become a film, scientist, astronomer, tell me who it is. Carl Sagan. Yes, and there was a certain comedian entertainer who used to, well, imitate him on his nightly talk show. Can you tell me who it is? The universe is made up of and billions of galaxies. But your galaxy, the local galaxy, the Milky Way, contains our solar system, the minor planet Earth, our moons and companions, which move immutably through this interstellar stuff in this vacuum of nothingness. These mortal human beings are simply Minute specks who eat way too much sugar. Can you tell me who that is? That's Johnny Carson. That's right. And speaking of Johnny Carson, this next person used to appear on Carson a lot. Also, Dean Martin's Rosen programs like that, especially heavily in the mid-1970s. 2001, he dies at the age of 89. Comedian and actor. Tell me who it is. Here's your audio clue. I don't really. No kidding. Did, did anybody see us? Anybody else besides me see a snake? Snake? <laughs> really? What? Really was one here? And a baboon? And a gorilla? <laughs> uh, you you know the strange it's, it's strange that it would happen. <laughs> just a, a few, not just a very few weeks ago, our sister sister-in-law of mine, uh, who happens to be, come from Buffalo. My wife comes from Buffalo. What sound of yarn? I thought I got the last one. <laughs> I wish I'd have known I had a choice. Can you identify who passed away 2001 at the age of 89? Foster Brooks. That's correct. The year is 2009. This American actress passes away, Kimmy. She starred in the 2005 film Sin City. Tell me who it is. Forget it, man. You can bang on that door all night if you want to. There is no way in hell I'm letting you in. Hey, man, plenty. Plenty of lost pay on account of how nobody wants to flirt with the waitress whose face is all purple and swollen up with bruises. There's a difference between getting honked off at a guy who's generally not so bad. Him. Finding out that you've been sweet-talked by a total jerk loser who skips out on a wife that he doesn't even tell you about every time he gets drunk, which is way too often. Especially the kind of total jerk loser who has to beat up on a girl to make himself feel like a man. I 
am impossible to get. Do yourself a favor, Jackie boy, and get help. Like, a shrink. She dies at the age of 32, 2009. Who is it, Kimmy? Oh, I can't think of her name. She played Shelly in Sin City. Mm-hmm. It is Brittany Murphy. Ah, yes. I think you did a fantastic job with Trivia Today, Kimmy. And we're going to go back in time and honor something we talked about with the Golden Age of Radio. Radio was And that's the Riley and Kimmy Show. Anytime we have the opportunity to go back to the golden age of radio, we take that opportunity. Just moments ago, we spoke about actress Irene Dunn being born on this date in 1898. She was part of the golden age of cinema, but also part of the golden age of radio. We have a great example of her old-time radio work. in a radio series called Bright Star. And the fun part of this is she co-stars with Fred McMurray. And Kimmy would know Fred McMurray from, you know, like Flubber and also a certain TV series. What was it? My Three Sons. That's right. He played Steve Douglas. Two of them together are fantastic. And it is a great example of the theater of the mind. And we kick things off with an episode from 1952. It's called Haunted House. That is our tribute old-time radio episode. Our honor of Irene Dunn, born on this date, 1898. Here's bright star Haunted House from 1952 on the Riley and Kimmy Show. Starring Irene Dunn as Susan and Fred McMurray as George. Together in a gay, new, exciting comedy adventure, Bright Star. Irene Dunn, Fred McMurray's show with Irene Dunn as Susan Armstrong, owner and editor of the Hillsdale Morning Star, and Fred McMurray as George Harvey, her ace reporter. Things as usual are happening in the offices of the Morning Star, and as usual, they're happening to Susan and George. Here he is, Miss Armstrong. Well, Mr. Harvey, I suppose you have a good reason for not answering the phone in your office. Best reason in the world. I wasn't in my office. <laughs> that wasn't funny, Sammy. Yes, ma'am. Personally, I thought it had a delightful touch of the pixie about it, but uh, we could be wrong, eh, Sammy? Yes, sir. Uh, would I be overstepping my authority if I inquired where you were? Perfectly within your rights, boss. I was down in the basement playing a little gin with the printers. Last week it was poker with the circulation department. Today it's gin with the printers. Probably working yourself up to matching pennies with the newsboys. <laughs> that wasn't funny, Sammy. Yes, sir. Sammy will decide those things for himself. Yes, boss. It's just that you haven't turned up a first-class story in a long while. Well, it's this town, not me. Nothing happens. Have you been to the police department lately? Mm, no. Well, you know, it's just possible you might get a story there. Well, frankly, boss, I can't afford the police department. What do you mean? They play sharper gin than the printers downstairs. Uh, if you'd care to giggle, Sammy, she said you were on your own. <laughs> Thank you, Sammy. George, I'll expect you back here in an hour. Mm -hmm. From uh, where? The police department. And try to bring back a story. I promise. I can see the headline now. 
Underpaid reporter cleaned by the city's finest. Or, uh, cops, cop, coppers from Cub. <laughs> Excuse me, Harvey. Sergeant Barry. Yeah? Yeah? Okay, take one of the squad cars. Have a look. Anything hot, Sergeant? Yeah, some kids shooting tin cans with BB guns. <laughs> What's wrong with that? Yeah, the cans happen to be on the shelves of the Acme Grocery Company. Oh, well, that might make a story, and uh, yet it might not. Hey, uh, Sergeant, I heard a little rumor the other day, uh, just wondering about it. Yeah, so? A couple of big-time gamblers in town. You can hear anything. Joe and Dave Roberti and some of the boys. They're staying at the Grandview Motel. Well? I just thought you might want to do something about it. Like what? How should I know? You're the law. Until they kill somebody, I can't even get them for income tax evasion. They've been here for five days. I can count. What do they want? How would I know? Well, why don't you ask them? I did. Yeah? What did they say? They didn't seem to want to tell me. Unfriendly, eh? Very. Well, sooner or later, the Morning Star will find out why they're here. If you do, you tell me. If I do, you'll read it in the paper. Uh, by the way, Sergeant, you do read, don't you? Everything, including the riot act. And if you're not out of don't here... Don't get excited, Sergeant. I was just on my way. George, take your feet off my desk. Uh, sorry. Now, tell me, what do you think? What do I think? I think you're beautiful. That isn't what I meant. Well, it's what I meant. Okay, you were talking about the old Collins place. I'm not sure I remember it. Well, it's that big, dark, dilapidated old house down on the riverfront. Hasn't been lived in for 30 or 40 years. It was once considered the showplace of the town, but now it's a wreck. You, you know that place at the end of Dock Street. Oh, yeah, yeah, I remember. Broken windows, roof bare of shingles, paint washed away, front porch caved in. Yes, that's the place. Well, uh, what do you want me to do? Paint it? No. I just want you to spend the night in it. Spend the... Why? Because you don't think it's haunted. Do you? George, I'm simply looking for a story. Now, don't you think it's a civic duty of the Morning Star to investigate? Investigate something you just dreamed up? Well, in a sense, no doubt. What's the matter? Are you afraid? Am I afraid to spend the night in the old Collins house? <laughs> That's a fair question. Uh, George, I'm half inclined to do it with you. Well, if you have a free evening, can't we think of something better to do than that? We could take flashlights and sandwiches. And bottles. And guns. Oh, guns, sure. Yeah. Well, wait a minute, Susan. You don't mean we're actually going to do this idiotic thing? Of course, I could cover the story myself. Okay. Am I a man or am I a hired hand? Good. I'm glad you look at it so sensibly. Yeah. Uh, how about dinner on you? Okay. Here goes another half buck. Come on, ghost hunter. <laughs> Susan, doll. Uh, Miss Armstrong. Uh, Miss Armstrong, doll. I've got to make a phone call. Would you excuse me? Uh, sure. Keep my dinner warm for me. All right. Police. Sergeant Barry, please. Sergeant Barry. Uh, this is George Harvey. Say, Sarge, uh, this call is maybe for nothing, but I just got a hunch. Is there anything you can tell me about that old Collins place down on the riverfront? Yeah, all I know is the last few weeks it's been a pain in the neck. Why? Anonymous phone calls, 8, 10, 12 maybe. Investigates dreams, gunshots, light, suspicious characters. Somebody with a sense of humor, I guess. Yeah, my hunch was right. 
And every time we went through the place from top to bottom. What did you find? Nothing, exactly nothing. Not even a ghost? Not even a ghost of a ghost. It'll be a long time before we answer another call about that place. Now, what you want to know? Well, not especially, Sergeant, but thanks anyway. Make your call? Yeah. Susan, what a sneaky thing to do. You knew all about those anonymous calls to the cops. Oh, yes, of course. Of course, she says. Angry, aren't you? Angry? No, I'm just scared. Maybe that place is haunted. What do you think goes on in that broken-down palace? Well, I don't know, but if we find out, that's what I want for the Sunday feature. Come on, let's pack up our ammunition and go. Well, here we are. Yeah. I think it's going to rain. It is raining. I knew I couldn't be wrong. Oh, lightning. Check. Lightning. Thunder. Right again. Uh, want me to hold your hand? The hand of the editor and publisher of the Morning Star. Yes. Thunderstorms scare me to death. Do you mind if I seem to be pressing my face against your chest? No, not at all. It isn't raining, rain, you know. It's raining cats and dogs. I've heard it sung better. And if it's raining, have no regrets. There will be puddles out in the streets. Regrets? No, oh, well, I'm a reporter, not a poet. And the shower has passed for the moment, anyway. Yeah, so it has. Well, now we're here, we go right into that black, deserted hulk of unknown tears. Eh? No wonder people think it's haunted. George, look. Hmm? Yeah. Yeah, it looks like somebody's moving around in there with a light. Yeah. Well. George, what are you going to do? Editors and publishers ask the silliest questions. Now, George, wait. I'm coming, too. Well, here's the door. Why don't you go back to the car, Susan, and try to act like a good girl? Because I'm not a good girl. I am the editor and publisher of the fastest-growing paper... Shh, Susan. You're fired in subordination. Well, stop shivering. Or don't shiver so close to me. It makes it harder to pick this lock. Did you ever pick a lock before, George? Oh, I used to count that day lost when I didn't pick at least... There. I got it. Listen. Did you hear anything? Yeah, I thought I did, but I... Might as well find out. Anybody home? Susan. That was a shot. That's what it sounded like. What do we do? Write a letter to our congressman. Here, give me that flashlight. Thanks. Now get back in the car and drive to the police station. Go on. George, I'm so glad you're not hurt. Won't this make a wonderful story? Sure, sure. I can see the headlines. Reporter not hurt. <laughs> It'll kill the people and sell enough papers to stop on a medium-sized rat hole. Are you, Sergeant? Well, George, anything for publicity, huh? What do you mean? You know how many times we've gone through this dump. We wouldn't have come this time if it hadn't have been for Miss Armstrong who made the report. She says you heard somebody shot. But I did, Sergeant, didn't we, George? We certainly did. And I found the body. It's in there, right at the end of the hall. Dead? Very dead. Let's go, boys. Miss Armstrong, you stay where you are. George Harvey, you come with me. Now tell me, George, what'd you find? A man about my size, shot through the head. There's the door. Open it and see for yourself. <laughs> well, I, I don't know, Sergeant. 
Where's the body? So help me, Sarge, he was lying here. Right here with a hole through his head. Dead. Dead as a smoked herring. And he got up and walked away, huh? That's the way it looks, doesn't it? Also, it looks as if this whole affair was a publicity stunt for the Morning Star. And as for you, Harvey, I'm going to crucify you. I'm going to make a special point of it. Come on, men, let's get out of here. What I should get it, Miss Susan? No patience, I'll answer it. Hello? This is Joe Roberti. I want to talk to the dame who runs a paper. The Morning Star? Patience, it's Joe Roberti. The gangster? I run the Morning Star, Mr. Roberti. Oh, what can I do for you? Just stay right where you are until I get there. He's coming over here. Well, if I'd have known he was coming, I'd have baked a cake. I never saw a real genuine gangster before. Uh, what's he want? Well, I don't know. Oh, well, he'll probably tell you. Patience. Is there a gun in the house? Oh, sure. Uh, sure, in the gun room. Uh, trench mortars, bazookas, Tommy guns, 155s. You name it, we got it. You've been listening to too many radio shows, Patience. No gun? No gun. Well, I've got to try and get George. You love him, don't you? George? George. What do you mean, do I love George? Well, don't you? Don't be a fool. I wouldn't... Hello? Is this the editor and publisher of the Hillsdale Morning Star? Oh, George, where are you? As it happens, I'm at the office, and I've just been writing you a little note. Shall I read it to you? George! To Susan Armstrong from George Harvey. When I left the charming old Collins mansion... George, I... how soon can you get here? No. I'm tired and wet and disgusted. If you want to apologize, you can do it now by phone. Oh, George, you idiot, listen. Joe Roberti called me, and he's coming over here now. Joe Roberti? Why? Oh, it's probably nothing more than a little rub-out. Hold everything, Susan. I'll be there. Uh, Miss Susan, I suppose you're going to want sandwiches and stuff for your gangster friend. Don't you dare leave this room, Patience. <laughs> Don't worry. When this Roberti mug comes, I'll be sitting here knitting. Poor old Patience, just minus a few of her buttons. Oh, there he is. I'll go. Hiya. Come in, boys. A couple of friends of mine. It's wet outside. I want to talk to you a minute. Hey, it's a nice place you got here. Who's the old dame? Oh, Patience. Uh, this is Joe Roberti and a couple of friends of his. How do you do? Hiya. Scram. Scram? Oh, of course. Scram to you, too. Uh, sit down, gentlemen. Well, Mr. Roberti. I got something I want to talk to you about. Yes? It's this guy that works for you. Well, I've got a number of guys working for me, Mr. Roberti. George Harvey. Oh. We want to talk to the both of you. Oh, will you pardon Sit me? Sit down. I'll get it. Well, I'd like to open my own Sit door. Sit down. Oh, Mr. Harvey, we was expecting you. But I... Come uh, in. Well, thanks. I oh, will. Man. our two stars, Irene Dunn and Fred McMurray, and the second act of our story. Something violent and unfriendly happened to George Harvey's head when he met gangster Joe Roberti at Susan's front door. Now he's slowly, painfully coming to. 
Oh, my head. Where am I? You're in the living room. Uh, whose lap is my head on? Mine. Susan's? Certainly. Uh, you're sure it's my head? Of course it's your head. I was afraid of that. How would you like some hot milk, Georgie? I'd love some hot milk. Just chill it to below freezing and put it in a rubber bag and put the bag on my head. Okay, I'll get it. You're all right, George. All right, she said. I'm dying. Why don't you open your eyes? Because I don't feel like it. What's your name? George Harvey. You can open your eyes now, can't you? Uh, yeah. Oh, Hello, Susan Dahl. And Miss Armstrong. You look beautiful, even from here. Especially from here. Sit up. <sighs> okay, I'm up. Now, what happened, George? Don't you know? Well, Roberti said that when he opened the door, you slipped and fell and hit your head. Huh. Now, he carried you in here, and, well, he was really very helpful, George. Yes, indeed. Helpful old Joe. Oh, I'm trying to get it straight in my head. Now, he came here because he knew I'd send for you. Yeah, I suppose so. He could have killed you, couldn't he? No doubt. Instead, he just hit you on the head. That is the impression I got. Oh, now, don't be funny, George. I'm trying to figure this out. Well, let me do it for you. Joe Roberti wants to warn both of us to mind our own business. And he does it without a word spoken or written. He's using a kind of sign language. He gives me a bump on the head and then leaves it to us to figure it out. Well, do you think we ought to call the police, George? Did you see him slug me? The first I knew you were hurt was when he carried you in here. Well, then what kind of a story could I tell? Joe Roberti slugged me. Why? I don't know. If I fed them that yarn, the cops would laugh at me. Ha ha. Also, Yak, I'm laughing too. George, this warning business. Of course, you mean the Collins place. I don't know what else it could be. Well, then, let's go back there. Let's show them that they can't scare us. We'll even search for the body that wasn't there. It was there, Susan Dow. Miss Armstrong. Oh, Miss Armstrong. You're beautiful, and you're a great editor and publisher, but I know when I'm late. And I quit. Hello? Sergeant Barry speaking. Miss Armstrong? Is George Harvey there? Yes, just a moment. Sergeant Barry. Yeah, Sergeant? Joe Roberti just called me. Said you bumped your head. Said he was afraid you might need help. Is it bad, I hope? It throbs a little when I talk to you, Sergeant. We had two more anonymous calls, George. Fascinating, I'm sure. One of the calls said there was a fire at the Collins place. Hmm? Was there a fire? That apartment didn't find any. The other call said somebody was dumping a body in the river. Were they? No, not when we got there. But of course, we'll have the entire river dragged from here to the mouth of the Mississippi. It shouldn't be more than a couple of thousand miles. Just a second, Sergeant. Why are you mad at me? You're a big town reporter in a small town, right? Yes, but... I know how you feel about Susan Armstrong. Doesn't it make sense? Anything to put her paper on the map? Oh, now, wait a minute, Sergeant. You're wrong no, about this. No, George. When you start making fools of us in the department with all these calls about the Collins place, you're just making a fool of yourself. You'll see. George, I heard enough of that. Sergeant Barry thinks you're responsible for the calls about the Collins place. That he does. He's got it all figured out. But you didn't do it, George, did you? Not even for me. I quit. This is the end. You get yourself another boy. Oh, George, don't get so excited. Can't you see what the scheme is? Certainly, certainly. Naturally, any fool can see what the... Oh, what do you think it is? All these calls to the police. The body that disappeared. Don't you see? Oh, of course I see. It's so obvious. Go on. Even Roberti coming and conking you on the head. 
Now, if you think about it, you can see why, can't you? Oh, it's perfectly plain, but just for the record, I'd like to know... Well, don't you think that we ought to get to the Collins place just as soon as we can? Because if we're right, I mean... Oh, we're right. We're absolutely right. Let's go. Why here? Well, you don't think we ought to stop in front of the place, do you? No, no, just not. It's raining again. Indubitably. Oh, lightly. Don't worry, if you can hear it, you're okay, you know. Is there going to be any more? Possibly, but I'll be here to protect you. Oh, don't sound so smug. And don't think I know that I'm silly about lightning. I don't think you're silly. I just wish there'd be more of it, lots more. <laughs> Let there be lightning and thunder in Hillsdale. <laughs> Thank you. Lightning flashed. Did you see what I saw? On the riverbank? Yeah. I'm not wrong, then. Looked like a barge out there. And they're loading something heavy into the old house. I guess if we called the police, they'd laugh at us, wouldn't they? They certainly would. And I wouldn't be surprised if that's what this whole thing has been about. Cry wolf until the cops won't listen anymore. What should we do? You want to know what I think? What? We ought to go home, go to bed, pull the covers over our heads, and forget that we saw anything. George, what do you think's going on in there? I couldn't have put that question better myself, Susan. How badly do you want this story, whatever it is? Well, what do you mean? Enough to risk getting shot and thrown in the river? You couldn't do that. You're just being melodramatic. We don't even know what or who or why. Not yet, but soon, maybe. Look in the rearview mirror. We're getting out of here. Yeah, that did it. It's Joe Roberti and those other two. Get out. Hello, Roberti. Out, both of you. Mr. Roberti, I am Frisk not... Him, you... boys. Oh, don't. Yeah, sorry, Landy. Yeah, that clean. Okay, walk. I thought I'd give you a nice, polite warning to stay away from here. Even offer to send for a doctor. Yes, that was sweet of you, Mr. Roberti. Wasn't it, George? Yeah, terribly, terribly sweet. I do everything I can to make it easy, and still you gotta come down here and stick your nose in it. Well, just makes me kind of sick. Oh, poor Joe. Yeah, poor Joe, that's what they say. Poor Joe, just a kind-hearted slob. Stop. Open the door. Go ahead. Flashlight. Okay. Now you're here. You satisfied? What do you want to see? The cop's been through this joint a hundred times. Come on. Who owns this place, Roberti? Me and my brother. We bought it, and anything we want to do with it is up to us, right? Oh, right. Absolutely right. Uh, what are you going to do with it? Make it a morgue? Just ha what happened to the corpse Mr. Harvey saw? <laughs> That should have been in pictures, huh? I yell, help, fire a shot, and slap a handful of tomato cats up on my forehead. <laughs> well, sure fooled me, Joe. I suppose it was just another stunt to make the cops so tired of this place they'll never go through it again. Huh? You want to know something? If somebody was to call the cops right now and tell them to go to the old Collins place because a couple of people from the morning star was being rubbed out, they'd laugh. Laugh? They'd trace the call and they'd run you in. You have a wonderful sense of humor, Joe. Yeah, I killed myself. Open the door. You wanted to know? Look, then. A printing press. You saw it coming off the barge. Smart, huh? Being right here on the river, we can flood the country. Right from here. What's he talking about, George? Counterfeit money? Sure. Is that it, Joe? Or uh, is it greeting cards? Yeah, it gives me an idea. Maybe I'll print some greeting cards, too. Valentine's. Take them out to the dock, boys. Yeah. Oh, Joe, could I have a word with George? Sure. Tell him anything you want. Out there. 
No shooting. Let's go. He said I could talk to him. Go ahead. Talk. George, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry, too. Give me your hand, Susan, will you? You're cold. Can you swim? No. That's what you think. Here, hang on to me. Hang on to my belt and keep your head up. I've got hold of a piling. You're... I'm okay now. I just... They, they can't see us, but they can hear us. With all that gunfire, they're going to have every prowl car in the neighborhood. get to the next piling, we can, we can get up the bank. Mr. Harvey, what do you read? What paper do you read? Uh, just give it to me, Sammy. Yes, sir, right off the press. Read all about it. Counterfeit ring smashed. Heroic rescue. Sammy. Yes, am Just leave the paper here. One copy on Mr. Harvey's desk and one on mine. You don't need to sell it to us, you know. Okay? Okay. I guess I'm just a copy boy, a jerk, a squirt, a dope, a dummy. So it's wrong to get excited about the biggest story of all time? Sammy, scram. Scram? I know what's going on. You two want to be alone. <laughs> well, Sammy's getting to be quite an understanding young man. Yeah, he's learning early. <laughs> You're not getting any younger, George. Meaning? You just might start learning to understand me. Oh, okay. Teach me. Would this help? Well? Okay, teacher. I'm learning. And you know something? What, George? Wait till the pupil starts giving the teacher lessons. Our stars, Irene Dunn and Fred McMurray, will be back in just a moment. Uh, nice out here on the porch, Susan, huh? Mm-hmm. Nice moon. Nice moon. Cool breeze. Not too cool, just about right, I'd say. Of course, wearing a coat, you wouldn't notice. Notice what? Well, George, the evenings do get a little chilly. Oh, uh, want to go inside? Of course not. Well, if you're cold, uh, I could get you a wrap. Sit still, George. Okay. Susan, about that haunted house story, I, I think we can get a good follow-up. George. Huh? I remember what you said about the pupil giving the teacher lessons. Oh, yeah, yeah. This is just an idea I had. It's getting chilly out here. I'm cold. Uh, you want my coat? No, just the sleeves. Huh? Oh, <laughs> I get it. Yeah. How's this, teacher? Wonderful, pupil. Just wonderful. If you enjoyed that golden age of radio production, be sure to follow the Riley and Kimmy Show. 
We feature old-time radio shows from time to time. We have archived episodes available right now on our website at RileyandKimmy.com. Some of them have old-time radio episodes on them. Please tell your friends about the Riley and Kimmy Show. Help us grow. Our social media links are available on our website at RileyandKimmy.com. That's R-I-L-E-Y and Kimmy, K-I-M-M-Y dot com. If you friend, follow, and like us, we will friend and follow you back. Also, be sure to check out our website, events page, and our social media pages for updates where the Riley and Kimmy show will be appearing next. And we're available for your pop culture event and also those that are animal-based, about pets and animals too. We have a spinoff show called Animal Special. So be sure to tell your friends about us. It's the Riley and Kimmy show, the nerd variety talk show with daily pop culture episodes. The Riley and Kimmy Show. Find archive podcasts of The Riley and Kimmy Show at RileyandKimmy.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.